It's Emanuela. And this is McKenna, and this is the Collective Cultivating Creativity Podcast. In today's episode, we have Daisy Francis, a self-taught fashion designer and creator of her own line, Rubble by Daisy. I actually met Daisy when I modeled for her New York Fashion Week debut two years ago, and I'm still inspired by her vision and her determination. Daisy's pieces have a distinct, minimalistic, and futuristic design, which has even sparked the attention of numerous up-and-coming models and musicians in the industry. Everybody, let's welcome Daisy to the show. Daisy! (laughs) Daisy! Hi, you guys. Like, I'm so happy that you guys asked me. I needed this uplifting moment. <laughs> oh, we love these kind of conversations. We want to yeah. help. We want you to uplift us also. And I love to I love to talk, so this is perfect. Here for it. Word, Libra gang. <laughs> Aries gang so out here. Yeah. Aries gang. Let's hop into it. So, just tell the viewers who you are, what you do, where you're from, and why you do what you do. Okay, so um I am a 26-year-old self-taught fashion designer. I've been designing since 2014 on and off, but I took it seriously in 2017. And I feel like from there, I kind of built my confidence to really just go after it and be fearless. Because I feel like coming from a Caribbean background, you're not necessarily taught that Creative arts also has an impact on society. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, the, like, typical job. The, the norm. Oh, yeah. It's like, shout out to them. Like, shout out. Like, <laughs> Hashtag need, shout out to <laughs> We need the doctors. We need the lawyers. But I just don't feel like I fit into that realm. Um, and I chose to go down this path. And I feel like I do what I do to uplift myself. And also girls. Like, I was talking to a couple of my friends and I'm really grateful that my audience on Instagram is mostly women. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I feel like, you know, we uplift each other and there's a certain type of sisterhood that we have that doesn't really get talked about a lot in black women. Amen. But we have like mm. this like spoken sisterhood that it's just we are a vibe. So I feel like a whole vibe, a wavelength. A whole vibe. Thank you. <laughs> You feel me? Like, it's, like, <laughs> unspoken, but it's there. I feel like that's what keeps me going. Like, just to know that I'm a part of this conversation and just the young generation that's doing it. Wow. So, you know, for us. No, that's but beautiful. Yeah. That's a fact. We need more individuals like you. And I would agree with you on the whole Caribbean aspect of, like, having parents that are not so... I would I'm just gonna say the word considerate because it's not yes. like their lived lives and mm-hmm. I would say they kind of value the arts because like I have Haitian parents they love music yo compa any like <laughs> any bachata anything that's out there they're dancing they're vibing but if I think I said I was gonna become a musician I think they would have been shook like yeah. the fuck like huh where <laughs> for who <laughs> and they'd be like for sweet Mickey? I'm like oh yeah sweet Mickey him um but I agree with you, and I love that. That energy is where we're going to start this interview. So the first question we have is, have people ever been skeptical of your creative career path? You kind of got into this with your parents, but do you have any any evidence, not evidence, (laughs) any experience in your your workspace (laughs) or personal life? (laughs) I'd just be like, yes, um, it was... Uh, January 9th. <laughs> 39. <laughs> There's not 39. It's the January, guys. So I feel like um, 
definitely there has been some skepticism within my path just because um I grew up in Brooklyn and when I grew up in Brooklyn it wasn't any gentrification. BK baby fat. Yes. I heard you. <laughs> Hello. I heard you. And when every so black person lived in the same neighborhood. Yeah, I'm like, getting like you... flashbacks. <laughs> no shade. I'm like, no shade. No, no shade at all. Gentrification but... is yeah, it's it's a real it's deal, a bro. Exactly. So you know, like when I was growing up, I was like the different one in my area. And not knowing like I was gonna embark on like the journey that I am currently living. But back then it just felt like this was me, it was what it was, like I was like the black sheep almost. And um, I went to a health profession school and I made it out, but it isn't what I, that wasn't what I wanted to do. And I remember maybe in 11th to 10th grade or 10th to 11th grade, I wanted to transfer and, you know, it wasn't supported by family members more so like, a, oh, well, this is probably just a phase for you. And that mm-hmm. always stuck with me because when I did get out of high school, I did get accepted to a college for something in fashion but to me that wasn't the path I guess I needed like that year off from college because it just wasn't speaking to me in that moment and I always felt like knowledge is infinite like you can always find other outlets and sources to continue your education so in that realm of skepticism yeah I definitely felt it but I just kind of kept going has has that ever made you can reconsider what you do or what you what you're doing right now? I think it never made me reconsider. It just made me less motivated. Like I was mm. doing it, but it kind of gave me like a damn like where's my support system? Wow. And I'm a right. child and so is my mom. So like I don't have kids in my like world or like other like people in my age group that can relate to like family like issues so like me internalizing a lot of things and like coping with it on my own which I kind of found like a way to which is just kind of being fearless and just remembering especially now during quarantine life is really short like anything Mm. comes to a halt and then that's that like you know it's just being in the moment for me I realized um helped me through that skepticism I can agree with you. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> Let me say that again. I can agree with you in terms of the only child aspect. I think we had this conversation when we first met, actually, about just like how different it is being an only child. And like you're kind of going through it's not like you're going through life alone, but it's like your word against your family's yeah. word a lot of the time. <laughs> like crazy. It's like when you're trying to explain things to people that let's say other people, let's say they have a sibling, they can maybe talk to their sibling and be like, oh, mom's really doubting me or like, mom's really getting my nerves. Like, I'm not bugging, right? But like, I can't do that. So it was constantly like, (laughs) I can't, like, it was constantly my word against my families and like, obviously they're not going to believe some like badass kid. (laughs) So I think that was, it is. I think it was definitely kind of a struggle for me to kind of step into my artistic path just because, I don't know, like, my parents saw that I was really creative and artistic, but 
it wasn't like what they wanted for me as their only child. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's always that ideal goal in the first or only child, I think. When they when you first have your first kid, I mean, maybe you weren't like the only plan, but like maybe both of you guys were the only plan, but like you guys were the plan that was supposed to plan their future. Like yeah. this weird future <laughs> they already had in their head. Um, I can't really relate on saying, I mean, I can partially relate, but can't really relate on being an actual only child because I'm the youngest of four. Um, but at a point in my life, I became the only child in my family and things were kind of like, it was weird because it was like, yeah, the wor- my my words are against my sisters, but it's I kind of against my own because I was the first to go to college, the first to get my high school diploma. And it was just like me experiencing all these firsts, but like having other people's like experiences and traumas have to be fed into that in a yeah. way. So it's kind of like... I, I I feel bad for you saying you you only children. I'm so sorry. It gets lonely it, sometimes. It does, it does. But I feel like you guys have a good sense of finding people who are like your other sisters or brothers Ooh, or other yeah. family members. Mm-hmm. I feel like that gives you guys time to find that outside of your family. But I think culturally, like any family that's not a white cultural family has like a different set of expectations and especially for you guys your family is coming from different countries immigrating to america so of course they have these different expectations for you my family's from the south they're just as annoying but like i feel like because (laughs) but i love them big ups to them because like now (laughs) now you are women you are yeah exactly i am but it is just the fact that, like, there's constantly this expectation to fulfill because of the past and because of, like, our generational history. And they were not really kind to artists. You know what I'm saying? They still aren't kind to artists, especially Black artists. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to yeah, make but... money. It's hard to have a sense of stability, especially starting out when you're kind of just trying to find your footing. My mom literally, I literally, y'all, I graduated from college with an arts degree. Yeah, two days yes. ago. Oh, yeah, congrats. And that was recent. Thank you. Yes, yeah, on Saturday. Yes, like the day though. <laughs> and my mom told me this story about um, a friend that she had that told me when I was like four years old. She's like, I can't wait for this girl to like win an Oscar one day. My mom was like, I don't know what she was talking about because I still want that pharmacist gold. <laughs> <laughs> girl, give it up. She said, damn. <laughs> what? Wow. What are you talking about? That's so about like my parents and like nursing. But I'm like, how do you know I'm not going to faint at the sight of blood? Like, how do you know that I can't? Facts. You just want like, me to save someone's life real quick. Just real quick. Especially now with this pandemic, I would have been on the floor. I would have just left. Like, it would have been too overwhelming. But I definitely feel you on um the the arts, like, realm. Because <laughs> it's not, it's misunderstood. It is. But people love to consume it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So was there ever like a point in time that the skeptics, the criticism got a little too harsh and it affected your confidence? Like, I know you said that you never really reconsidered what you were going to do, but was there ever like a specific period where you kind of just wanted to give up? Maybe because of what you were seeing on social media where you were comparing yourself to other people or just like from the people in your lives that were just giving you stuff? I think for me, the only time that I felt like giving up is when I was in a relationship because when I first started dating this person, um, I wasn't really heavy on designing. So that was like the reality of our relationship. Like it was just us like working, going out. It wasn't really based in, oh, I'm trying to like do this thing and build a legacy for it. It was just like, oh, just mm. 
and I was much younger. But then as soon as I started, you know, taking myself seriously, because I remember I brought in one New Year's and I had nothing like related to what I wanted to do done in a whole year. And it made me feel some type of way. Like I was like, bro, a whole year, like nothing. So that next year I decided, like I made a vow to myself, like I will get not, I wasn't pressuring myself, but I just knew like I needed to start building this foundation for myself. So I started doing that. And once I started doing that, sis, well, he started getting a little He felt a type of way. And I'm and I and I'm a type of person, I, I'm naturally like bubbly and like positive. So mm. with him, I, I guess he was more so on that other spectrum. So What's that unexpected? Like like, quiet, like (laughs) right, reserved. And I'm like, sis, we don't have time. But I would always be like, you know, trying to uplift because I feel like my me being supportive to someone is uplifting them. Like, yeah, we can waddle in whatever the situation is, but how is that helping us move forward? Mm-hmm. like have your moment and then like let's move past it but to him I felt like he thought I was brushing it off and mm. it just became toxic just due to him not feeling fulfilled and naturally as women we are always going to be in tune with our feminine energy but we can also tap into our masculine facts women, right they can't do that as much <laughs> we can embody both and that's the goal to like be a higher vibrational being but with them they can't really tap into that like vulnerable yeah not not easily because i mean well they're taught not to be able to consume that at all like not to be able to like live that life exactly and i felt kind of you know like at a point i was angry but then i got over it and was more compassionate but in that like time period i just felt this like, the po- person closest to me don't even, like, support me. And it wasn't even just, like, he would get jealous, but it wasn't even just of men. It would be of women. Damn. Mm. Like, that's a lot. Like, this is too much. And you already met me being this <laughs> person. It kind of took, you know, like that. It drained your energy. He was yeah. he was draining you. He was draining your creativity, yeah. your, creativity your creative flow. Exactly. So... That was maybe, like, the only point in my life where I felt, like, damn, you know. And then having certain jobs, I feel like, can take a lot from you. Yes, 100%. On a creative. So I feel like those two instances, like, relationships and jobs. So I was just finding that balance. And I guess it was my first time dealing with this type of life matter. So I just found a way to cope with it after a while. I think we never really touch too heavily upon the fact that being in a toxic relationship or a really bad work environment can really take a toll on your creative energy. Because for me, I know um, I really vibe with your energy because I feel like we're both very compassionate human beings. And so I feel like whenever I'm invested in somebody, I just want to kind of give all that I can offer to them. And when it's not reciprocated, I still kind of want to figure out why or I still would... Yeah, like I would take time off for you, like to just be around you and appease you and make you feel good. And I realized um, a lot of the time I would dim myself and my shine, not even be. Yeah, not even because the other person was jealous or anything, but because I wanted the other person to feel secure in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's problematic. 
It is. <laughs> oh, girl, I've been there. No, but I feel you. I feel like that's also, that's something that, like, you spoke on that before, Daisy, when you said that women can feed into their masculine and feminine side. And McKenna, like, 100% feeds into, like, what you're saying. Because, like, as women, we... We, ha- we we become submissive <laughs> and that submissive trait in us makes us feed into other people's like we're more empathetic we think about ways we can benefit not benefit the situation but make the situation easier for everyone um and most times that's super hard and that sucks a lot when it's specifically in your career and your creative career um speak i guess those are definitely all trials and tribulations and those are very impactful how would you say those have inspired you to keep going anything new you've learned about yourself from those past relationships from the skepticism from your parents and basically showing them that you actually had a vision and you just had to work for it to get there um what 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 is that what's that look like to you pretty much i feel like for me it took me just listening to my own voice to be more confident and just knowing like this is your life to build not anyone else's and you can't let their energy affect it because then you'll have nothing it's like just block off those energies or like I, I I used to always have this quote on my door it was don't let anyone's negative energy infiltrate your inner peace Mm. So that, for me, was very, like, the one of those quotes that was like, wow, like, it just spoke to me so heavily. So I would just try to kind of be on that vibe. And I, I guess in that moment, too, I started being more in tune with spirituality. And um, it's this person, her name is, well, it's like a, a two people, Abraham Hicks. Abraham. And they're like law of attraction Yes, Abraham Hicks. Yes, and I just would be, like, listening more to their, um, I guess it was is a podcast, or, like, a sermon they have on YouTube, and I just kind of really resonated to the messages, and kind of also cultivated self-love, mm. self-worth. I feel like because those two things for me were, like, clouded, it made other people's energy affect me more than yeah. it should be. Right. But yeah. Oh my gosh. That's something I feel like as the young woman, I, I hate calling myself a young woman because I know I'm grown, but like I'm still growing. So I'm still a young woman. But I feel like learning to love yourself and building, like actually as that grows, I feel like that's the hardest like aspect of someone like growing into themselves. Because I feel like a lot of good things happen to people who sometimes haven't yet discovered what they truly enjoy about themselves. And so uh, they're learning, they're hearing and learning all these other things that they know about themselves from other people. And that's now becoming their image of self-love without actually having like, you know, self-love, like being in their, your house and just being like, damn, look at me living <laughs> but uh, also you block your blessings when you don't understand your worth yeah and i think i had to realize that the hard way because i remember finally unlocking the not unlocking but something inside me just clicked so i guess it was kind of just like unlocking this pathway with inside myself where i realized because i wasn't aware of my self-worth and i was trying to appease the opinions of other people that I would subconsciously kind of self-sabotage myself when I did get an opportunity or I would self-sabotage just my work ethic and like the way that I would be like I wouldn't be at my highest potential just because I wasn't fully aware of my self-worth and that's a big problem because 
I feel like the universe or God or whatever that these anybody listening believes in, I feel like it is always presenting to you opportunities to move forward. But you have to be ready to step into that because you have to say that you deserve that. And if you don't have any self-worth, like you're not going to know that you're deserving of these opportunities. I would say just also, what role do you think society has ever played in a negative experience you faced, whether that be being a person of color in this industry or just in general, this new wave of like connecting virtually and social media? I think definitely um, society plays a role, but I think it's our American society because like, I feel like because of the history of America, there's a lot of, this is my personal opinion. Like it's not, I don't think it's like a, like a a opinion that everyone has, but I just feel like due to the history of like slavery and like white people, like we as black people have like soulfully progressed in so many ways other than wealth. Cause like, I feel like America's, vision of happiness is money but it really isn't it's helpful but what's in your soul is really the key and we embedded soul like you're speaking on facts you're speaking (laughs) on so much facts i've actually recently been looking to a lot of like documents documentaries and a lot of like historical data on like the way religion and historical groups play into like the way government rules um and what you're saying about black people and the way we're now how we've taken our oppression and we've taken the trauma that they've given us in a space that's been oppressive all the years that we've been given a chance and we've now learned to build systems of social interaction and communicating without actually communicating um and we're still building all these like technologically advanced techniques that the white people are taking and calling their own. Um, but now we're learning to make profit off of that and making investments. And now we're, we're, we're reminding ourselves to take assets into our own hands. And the weirdest thing, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist type of person, but like I was having a conversation with someone about maybe the next world war. Um, and the idea was that like, I think there's just going to be a break in the whole, like, people or our identification of our peoples like the whites are going to have to be by themselves and the blacks are going to be or people of color particularly are going to be in their own group and we are now going to form the civilization that is necessary (laughs) and i just think it'd be interesting to i i think that just makes the most sense like it just you know like you tell people that they're so poor that they shouldn't be a part of a place that now they're creating their own place in this time that you need something or something goes wrong that's how i see it but like i understand i hear what you're saying and that just kind of feeds into like i feel like the way america's run i feel like for me when it comes to like fashion and society like it's america because of the all just all this history and when you think about it they really have never cultivated a culture for themselves yeah so it's very, i feel like <laughs> it's america like i feel like they're so conflicted but then like like personal like like not spiritual but like their own identity no i think spiritual is exactly i think spirituality is exactly it because i think most people would consider spirituality the church and consider it religion but i think america literally lacked spiritual gain like we can't say yo brother like like the way black people say yo you my brother you my sister an american cannot go down the street and be like you're my brother and you're my sister in that same power it doesn't work they have this hidden rivalry and it made me think of like I, I always think about my fashion career and I'm like, 
I know that if I was like, you know, white, like it would be a whole different experience. We were just talking about we not it would be a whole experience. Like, dude, we <laughs> and I'm not grateful for my experience, but it just it's so funny how they can be mediocre and just be flourishing, but then we have to like prove ourselves. I feel like our struggle is building our character. Mm. Oh, and we're it's not building ego. Mm-mm. Because we're like getting it so like Plus easy. we ain't got shit either. We we're trying to exactly. which nothing was handed to us. Exactly. No, nothing was handed to us. I do want to reconfigure kind of the saying though that we have to work ten times harder. I think when I have children, I don't want to instill this vision in their heads that they're not good enough just because they're black. I think yeah. I'm gonna reinvent that term to being to saying <laughs> you can have anything that you want. Because I feel like if somebody was to Mm -hmm. tell me that in my family growing up, I feel like every Black child just goes through this period where you're in school and your mom or dad or whoever's raising you is like, you got to work 10 times better than these kids, blah, blah, blah. And it's like that much instillment in my head from early on. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's already... I'm going to stop you guys there. McKenna, I respect and appreciate everything you're saying right now, but I think your drive to be this amazing, passionate woman you have right now wouldn't be the same if someone didn't tell you in some way or form that you have to work 10 times harder than normal people. And they maybe didn't say, you need to work 10 times harder, but they said something like, dude, those other people in there, they're going to be just as smart as you, and they're not going to look like you, but they're going to get the opportunity over you. And that definitely probably resonated with both you ladies. I agree with you in saying that I don't think we should fit into the motive of teaching our children that because I'm hoping in the next five to seven years those those change those incentives have changed and now we are the people in power and being able to cultivate that but we the three of us I'm more than sure were told that we had to work 10 times harder and that is why we are actively pushing to work 10 times harder right now and making those changes as we speak I think personally I would agree with you and I would also agree to disagree too. I think when you tell that child, instill that in their minds from the very beginning, it just tells them that they aren't good enough as they are. But that's the society we live in right now though. Until we can actually let a child that looks like us go into the world and flourish without problems, then we have to let them know that they're going to have to, you got to buckle your shit up and get your shit going because you're not going to live in this world blindly. And I know it sucks to tell that to us people that look like us. But it's the truth. And I'm not sure when we're ever going to be able to live that down until we restart this world. And I I, I hear what you're saying, but I feel like I don't want you to strip that drive from your kid. And just because they live this life where now they think they're equal to whites because they're never going to be equal to whites. And they're never. No, that's why I said reconfigure that statement. So like, yes, you have to work 10 times harder. Sure. But I don't want you to believe that you're just not good enough because you're black. That I agree with. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Because we're not equal, if you think about it. Like, Daisy, you're exactly correct. Like, if you were this white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes and with the same exact designs that you have now, you'd probably put in half the work and have much more credibility, much more money, much more all this stuff. You would have been having all this stuff, but you had to put in the work just because you are black. Like, and I feel like we were talking about that with the podcast, too, where if we were these two, like, white girls with our little styles and everything these instagram kids like we would have been up there it's monday but but i just like i'm tired of like feeling or seeing children feel that because of the color of their skin they're not good enough and that's where i think that statement needs to be reconfigured i feel you both on your point for me 
my upbringing was neither. Like, I was never told, like, positive things. It was, or like, oh, you have to do this. It was more so, like, a lingering criticism and judgment of everything mm. I did. So that built, like, me being, like, less confident over the years. Because in my natural state of being, I remember being in high school, I was, I was like, doing a lot of things. And just as life progressed and just feeling that criticism from your family, it kind of breaks you down and makes you think, well, like, just having this, like, in limbo type of feeling. So it's like, right. I feel like I wish it would have been any type of positive reinforcement. Because you could still tell your child, like, you got to work hard, but it doesn't have to be negative, you know? It could yeah. still be positive. But for yeah. me, I didn't have that experience. I just had, like, this judgment. Like, it was... And sometimes it wasn't even... It was an unsaid judgment. It wasn't even, like, um, directed directly onto me. But it was just, like, you felt that, like, oh... Is that what you're doing? Oh, like it wasn't any supportive. So I feel like for like our kids, being supportive is like the number one. In any way, it, it comes tough love or positive. And it also depends on the person because some mm-hmm. people are more, you know, tougher than others. Personally, yeah. I'm a sensitive person. Heard you. I just need my... <laughs> me too. I need, my, I need you to my, talk to me. Talk yeah, just talk to me. Yeah, heard you. Don't yell at me. Yeah. yeah I'll listen. Like, yeah, like, you don't have to yell to get a message across. It's all about delivery. But for me, like, you know, they didn't know that. And that's how they... Like, our parents came from that generation where, like, you know, they had to... Um, they had to appease white people. We don't have that reality anymore. No. Like, we don't true. have mm. to, like tiptoe around white people just to like exist we can really be ourselves and we have a whole collective behind us whether we know them or not so I think in that way it is like inspiring but I was back to like the whole first thing briefly for me I feel like you know you ever like know all those like cult classic films like Mean Girls um Drawbreaker, like those things, right? Yeah, there, Heather's, yeah. Like, so you see how our culture is like, like you see how Bring It On is. We are kind of depicted as like oh, aggressive, black, black athletic, aggressive. yeah, loud, black hotties, like. But we're all yeah. we're always depicted as sisters, though. Like together, mm, they okay. never depict us against each other in like these films, and with them though they are always against each other but fake friends. So I feel like that's why we can't exist in their spaces because they don't look fake. at each other. They're fake. They don't even look at each other as sisters. So like, how are we going to come in there already shutting it down, not even having to say nothing? They can't accept it. So that's another thing. I'm just like, you know, I can't be too hung up on the like, oh, what well, if I was white? Because like, even if I was, there would have still been levels of like things I had to break from within them because they got to fight for the spots we can Facts. exist and all be dope That's in our that. own way. Yeah. wow yeah snap that, that. is a fact <laughs> oh my gosh okay well from that basically what advice would you give anyone facing criticism or critiques from someone who they hold really highly in their lives um and ways they can move past that I think, you know, it, it comes with time. 
like it's not something that you just get over at one moment but one of the things that has helped me was just you know building friendships that uplift me and that I know I can be sister it, it could be a sisterhood and not mm-hmm. having friends that you feel like is like rivalry and, mm. even, and even if it's hard, <laughs> even if it's hard to cut it, cut it. Cause it's you need to cut it. Exactly. Cut it. Like I feel like, like, like now in my life, I've met a friend that is just so true to me, and we just are so aligned, and that's really helped both of us um, build more of just this self worth of each other, and not worrying about other people. And obviously, you got to build it in yourself first. We can't it's it's like, <laughs> I'm just a little teary over here. <laughs> what happened? I'm tearing up. crying. McKenna's crying. I'm I heard a sniffle. And I was just like, are I'm you crying, crying. McKenna? She's crying. I just think that's so beautiful because you don't understand how long that takes sometimes to yeah. find that or realize yeah, that. Because there are people that... Sure, they'll advocate for you and you'll think that they have your back. But one, you have to realize not everybody's on the same level playing field as you are. Sometimes people are just like kind of relying on your success. And sometimes people, they'll give you these words of affirmation that actually have nothing behind it just because they're waiting to see what you do. They don't Mm want to actively help you get there. And so when you find these groups of sisters and you just find these friends, it's so important to keep them because... Honestly, friends really do come and go a lot of the time, yeah. and it's so hurtful. It's especially trash. like, <laughs> yes, it's trash. Especially the ones you thought really you were gonna we be with. <laughs> Yo, yes. <you> guys. <laughs> this is crazy. This is a fact. Okay, maybe I spoke about being on my menstrual cycle the last episode, <laughs> but I'm back in swing of things, and this is true. I feel like, but it's like in this quarantine like period of time that's been more apparent and. Like we said, learning to be like in love with ourselves. I feel like that's also been a like a hinder on that because it's just like you let these people into your life and you learn about them and you you give yourself to them to create this amazing relationship. But it's easy, like just the the simplest things ruin a relationship. And it's yeah. interesting to see how people take things and how sometimes people don't even want to apologize and make things better. Yeah. Like they prefer to just yeah. be done. <laughs> and that to me is mm-hmm. more of like, that's just me understanding myself. It's just like, wow, I'm actually trying for you and you don't want to try for me. But, I, you know, one of the biggest things I learned, and that's just, I learned this within, like, the last two years. A lot of the way people act is due to the way they were raised and what they've seen from their parent, like, energies. Even, like, me, like, I realized, like, I'm Jamaican, so, like, Jamaicans are naturally just aggressive people like like and I realized in some part of my life I was a little aggressive and I look back and I'm like oh child like you did not have to do that (laughs) but I realized I learned it from just like being around my mom and just seeing her be this like but it was like confidence and yeah this energy but I'm like that's not always how things could be handled I'd rather be soft and sweet like you know like dainty (laughs) but um yeah it's crazy I I also think just like with the whole aggression aspect I was touching on this briefly yesterday I think that a lot of the time women are told in the society that we don't have options but we don't have the right to choose and we can never say yes or no to things and that's where that aggression sometimes comes from because it's like instead of you guys the society seeing me as vulnerable or seeing me as weak in a certain point in my life where I 
I'm still making decisions. I'm still trying to figure out who I am and trying to figure out these options for myself. I'm going to put on this aggressive front for you so you still can see that I'm confident. And that's a problem. And I, mm-hmm. it's true. And I think, honestly, in my life, I'm trying to figure out that balance as well, because I am a really sensitive and soft caring person, but I'm also a very aggressive person. It goes back to that whole masculine feminine energy that we were speaking on before, but it's hard sometimes going into spaces that are not welcoming as a woman, as a black woman and trying to show this vulnerability side of yourself, but still having to show like some kind of aggression just to get the seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Some advice I'd give about criticism is that I would just say, sometimes I like rolling with the punches. I know that sounds a little, like, harsh, but, like, sometimes your critics are your best, like, judges. Yeah. <laughs> They're the people that are going to point out the things that your best friend doesn't want to say just to hurt your feelings. Um, and sometimes they're lying because we have some trolls out there. But your critics, <laughs> like, your critics, the people who are, like, genuinely not interested, I'm going to say, in what you're doing, if they give you a valid reason on why they're not interested, take that. Take that and grow from that um, because that is showing that they actually see some potential and that like they know it could get better if that thing that they critiqued or didn't critique would be improved. Yeah, I agree with you there. I also think an advice I would give is to remember why you started doing what you're doing in the first place. I think sometimes like it really gets to me whenever I tell people what I do for my career. Like even when they asked me what I studied in college, it was really hard for me to like still keep a confident front when I would be met with like such passive, aggressive disapproval. And I had to remember that I take my career and my life seriously and that it's okay that some people don't because it's like not for them. You know what I mean? Like your Mm -hmm. life is your life. Yeah. No, I agree to that. Um, I guess this brings us to the end of this episode. Um, Daisy, we tend to end episodes with the in, the guests giving, um, I guess, their two to three cents on how they're feeling, how they're doing, um, what they would like to say to the audience. Um, anything you actually kind of want to put out there, you know? This is your platform and your time to spew. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like within this time of quarantine, because it's been like, extended and extended i feel like we should all you know try to find ways to not be on our phone as much because it gets addicting and try to just build more days of self-care and doing things where you're not pressuring yourself like oh i have to get this done like some days it could be nothing some days it can like balancing it out and finding and also getting some air going outside it's okay like you know to have a walk just keep your distance because being like i live in an apartment so i'd be feeling so cooped up sometimes and i'm just like it's too much but also too y'all should follow this instagram it's called grown girl Girl. oh i write for them pretty much y'all should follow it it's well you already follow mckenna but it's so followed it's so uplifting to me and like just to have that space like i feel like we don't really and it's more so like on a refined level it's not all like showcasing the drama of our culture because i think a lot of platforms only like depict that light rather than like the realness and the spiritual. So yeah, that's all I have to say. I agree. 
Yeah, that's why I gravitated towards wanting to write for them because I really liked that one, it was all black. Like there's all black women running that, like the founder is black and it's just black feminists. And the magazine that I was writing for before, I had like a connection with them, but I thought they were like just a little bit too radical in a sense. And of course, like nothing's wrong with radical feminism. That's great. But I also had like other things to talk about other than the fact that I was like a black woman, woman, like I had other standpoints yeah. to make clear and for people to relate to. And then when I stumbled across Grown Girl, I was like, wow, I really like your mission and your vibe. And now I write for them. Yes. That is so the funny. <laughs> I the irony. But New York is a small place. It'd be like that. It'd be like that. It is that. small. Okay. Also, I'm just like to cap it off like, is there anything that we can expect from Rebel by Daisy moving forward? So for me, right now, I've just been, like, saving so that I can actually put together, like, a collection that is strong and consistent and also, like, meets the expectations of, like, shipping out. I think for me, the reason why I kept it more so, like, exclusive and not, like, wide range and more custom is because shipping is no joke. Like, it can take a lot from you, and I feel like, Sometimes as a black company, we're scrutinized for like one little mistake versus like these big companies, Amazon stay messing up my order, but I stay shopping with them. Like it don't be (laughs) no problem, (laughs) but I'm like kind of just trying to formulate a plan for me so it can run as smooth. But I think in the meantime, during quarantine, I'm just going to work on things, you know, for myself and just like post it like. I just made this like lavender tiger print bra that I Ooh. Yeah, it's really cute. So I'm just going to explore from the fabric that I do have cuz unfortunately the fabric stores are still closed. Shut. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out a way to stay creative but within this time, like you know, cuz it's hard. No, I heard I'm you. Fabric like I haven't, I haven't wanted to go to like Blick or like freaking um, Michaels, so I stretched my own canvas for the first time ever, and I felt like a fucking artisan, artisan, <laughs> an artist. Yo, artist. I'm fucking tired, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We have new episodes every Thursday at noon, and remember, guys, keep cultivating creativity.